0: Going to be in 2 Timothy tonight, and um, that last portion is an excellent lead in to tonight's message. Um, Just, I I don't know if it's you, but I know I can be there often. Do you ever forget God's sovereignty? Forget that that His sovereign plan, His sovereign will, His governance over this world is continuous regardless of what this world says and and what it looks like in the situations and circumstances? And uh, 2 Timothy, I want you to think about that um, Paul is in prison, like I talked about this morning. Um, he is awaiting his own execution, and you think about the fact that, that everything that Paul was thinking, going through, situations, circumstances, friends, fellow servants had left him, abandoned him, and he's pinning out this letter of instruction to Timothy, encouragement to Timothy, as we talked about this morning um the first chapter a lot of it was speaking into who he is but then the second chapter that we're going to look at tonight is looking at and speaking into the mission that will continue um that god's plan and will was not thwarted with the imprisonment of paul or his future execution that he is saying timothy stay focused stay faithful to the task that my call is still there and i I don't know about you but in situations and circumstances ray mentioned it today just as far as the transition that we find ourselves in as a church man god is in sovereign control of this and god's mission is advancing and he is inviting us as a church to be partners with that and so the question is for you today as we walk through this lesson are you faithful to the call and the responsibility and the stewardship of life that God has given you. So I want to pray for us, and we're going to dive into the message today. Father, we love you, God. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it means to, to us as believers. It is our instruction. It is our stabilizing factor. Lord, tonight, as we look into and receive from you in Second Timothy, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak. Father, you know where every heart, every person in this room finds himself. God, I pray that you would speak into those needs, that you would reassure their heart, that you would call them to purpose. God, that you would do in us what is needed. Father, if there's someone watching tonight that, um, Lord, that there would be no hindrance from them receiving from you because they're watching on the screen. Father, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would speak. We love you, God. We thank you for who you are and what you do for us. And your faithfulness, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Look what he says here in verse uh, chapter two, starting in verse one. It says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If you underline, I want you to underline that term strength because if any of us have ever been in a situation to where something unexpected happens to us, you know, our initial reaction is, is typically Um, The reaction that shows us what our strength or what we feel our strength is in. Paul is saying, Timothy, I understand that you are facing dire situations, circumstances that you would not desire. And he's saying, be strengthened in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. The first point I want you to put is this. Rely daily on his strength. Rely daily on his strength. Um, Many of you have walked alongside of Tracy and I and you know this story but but we have two kids that are in heaven and um, one of those is Gabe and I, I remember when Gabe was in the hospital uh, for a duration of weeks I would play out my mind uh, because Gabe many of you had been praying for him and you saw where God was working and and he was being strengthened and then there would be really low days and then it would just be going back and forth back and forth and I, I remember in my mind thinking how I would react in the moment if, if God decided to take Gabe's life and that um, he would pass away. And I remember um, playing out all these situations and scenarios. You ever done that with God? Like you say, um, God, if you do this, then this is how I'd respond and how I'd be faithful. Or if you do this, this is how I would neg- negatively respond. So don't do that. And so um, I was bartering with God with my faithfulness. That's just being transparent. And um, what you find is that God meets you with his resources at the point of your need. When Gabe passed away, it was devastating. But at the same time, the richness of the presence of God was so real and so evident and so strong. And for us as believers, that is the greatest gift that we have. That we don't have to walk through this life in isolation of our situations and circumstances. That God is right there in the middle of where you are. He cares more about your soul than you do. He has a plan for your future. And he desires his glory through your life, but also your good. And you can trust him. I I think about my, my kids because everything with Gabe and Graham um, we, um, we are very protective family, like very protective. And um, you can tell because Caleb has had like four or five broken bones in his arm. And so you would say, that doesn't really balance out. He, I don't understand it. But uh, uh, you think about this as a, as a loving father and mother, you want to protect your kids. You don't want them to, to walk through life and, and encounter harm. You want to, to bubble wrap them. And that's what we wanted to do with our two. But the truth is this, as your loving Heavenly Father sees what this world has and the opportunities, situations that you're going to find yourself in, He is not going to remove every obstacle, but He is going to strengthen you. He's going to remind you of His presence in the midst of those things. And so here when Paul is pointing this out, he says again, you then, my child, specific, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Every parent in this room, you want your kid to rely on the things that are actually beneficial to them. So the question for tonight is this, are you relying on the strength of God? Are you currently in your life positioning yourself where you have to rely on the strength of God? Uh, Pastor Michael would say often, talking about Manly Beasley, he would He would ask the question, what are you trusting God for today? And um, to be honest, a a lot of times I don't position myself to where I have to trust God because I I long for comfort, I long for control. But the truth is, for us as believers in Christ, if we're ever going to do anything to advance the gospel and expand the borders of his mission, we have to get ourselves into daily trusting and relying on his strength. Elizabeth um, Elliott says this, Whatever dark tunnel tunnel you may be called to to travel through, God has been there. Just a great reminder that whatever situation, whatever circumstance that you find yourself in, in life, God is already there and already sufficient. Look what he continues to say here in verse 2. He says, "...and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust them to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also." Um, I would encourage you, point number two is this, continue the work of his ministry. Continue the work of his ministry. So the first one is rely on his daily strength and then continue the work of his ministry. Don't hit the pause button. When, when things get out of control, I, I've told you maybe this story before, but Tracy and I, our senior year, we were coming back from the State Fair, uh, many of you have been there in Perry, and we were in a car wreck. Um, and so I, I won't go in all of the details, but I found myself on the other side of the road having um, not, not been alert and then all of a sudden I find myself hitting these, uh, these mailboxes that were embedded in concrete and it was railroad iron. I don't know who would create a mailbox in that way but there were like five or six mailboxes, they were railroad irons embedded in concrete. So I told Tracy, hold on baby and uh, that was what I called her then. And, uh, we hit, these, uh, we hit these mailboxes and the truck, my little uh, GMC Jimmy, flipped over into the ditch and rolled like three or four different times and then rolled back out into the middle of the road. And so it was like a deep ditch off of Lover's Lane and then it rolled back out into the road and I just remember like at one point dirt and grass has hit me in the face with, uh, with glass and Tracy's on the roof of the... The car, I grab her and it's just like slow motion if you've ever been there before, just boom, boom. And then we roll to a stop. And when we stopped, I grabbed the steering wheel and all I remember is doing this. Ah! <laughs> I was just holding on to the steering wheel just like screaming. Um, and Tracy, like she did some crazy move, jumped out of the car and ran around on my side and she was crying because I hadn't gotten out of the car yet. <laughs> And I was thinking, we just had a crazy wreck. Yeah, I'm not, and she's like, it's gonna blow up. Get out of the car. (laughs) I get out of the car, she sits on the ground, and I scoop her up. We get over to the other side of the the highway, and two cars come through, bust their tires, end up in the ditch. And here's the thing, like, I just go back to, in those moments in my life, there are times when circumstances and situations just catch us off guard. And instead of continuing to trust God, continuing to advance the gospel, continuing to believe God for the future, we grab a hold of the will, and we are just, ah, you know. So the question is for you today, has something caught you off guard and you just kind of hit the pause button and you're not continuing to advance the gospel, continuing to trust God, continuing in the mission of the Lord? Here Paul is saying to, to Timothy, he says, to entrust the word of God to faithful men that they are able to teach others also. That there is never a time in our life that we will be able to do that if we are part of God's mission. That God has given you the responsibility and me the responsibility to invest in other people's lives. And so saints in here today, I I encourage you, I want you to think about this. If you're a believer here today, who are you investing in? And trusting the, the word of God into and asking God to multiply that through them. He, um, Paul, gives three analogies. It's his favorite analogies if you've read the uh, epistles. He uses the soldier a picture of faithfulness, the athlete the picture of faithfulness, and the farmer as a picture of faithfulness. And so that's what we'll look at tonight. As he continues in verse 3, he says, share in the sufferings as a good sh- uh, soldier of Christ Jesus. So that point is this, stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. I had this thought just a moment ago, and I pinned it down. If you have been gifted with being on the field of battle, stay in the fight. If you have been gifted with being entrusted to be on the field of battle, stay in the fight. Um, Tracy and I, when we first got married, it was not long, and we found ourselves in a youth group. Um, I grew up here at Sherwood. I was um, on uh, Lee County's football team, and so a lot of the activities that would be natural in a student ministry, just to be honest, I was not a great student attender. And so when I was called into student ministry, I had no clue a lot of what I was doing at that time, still figuring ministry out and trusting on the Lord on a daily basis. But one of our activities that we did is we did paintball. Um, it was right when paintball was gaining popularity, and so Tracy and I were newlyweds, and um, we had gotten a camera because we, had, we knew Stephen and Alex, and this was before any of the movies, but they were putting together all of these cool videos, and we were over in Dothan, Alabama, and so we wanted a highlight reel of this, this awesome, epic paintball fight. And so we went to the field. Tracy, again, we had been married maybe six months and so she had her camera she was going to be the camera lady i was my warrior outfit i was going to be the guy with the the paintball shooting up all of these students that were driving me crazy and uh we get out there on the field and i give very clear instructions i say okay we broke up into two teams and here is tracy she has a mask on and she has the camera nobody shoot tracy okay so here's tracy Nobody shoot Tracy, nobody shoot Tracy, all right? Everybody repeat it, nobody shoot Tracy. So then we, we break up and we get on the field of battle. One team's on the up, upper end, we're on the lower end. They blow the whistle, the adrenaline just starts pumping and I'm over there just running, I, again, I'm probably 20 years old, I'm still, if I'm, I'm 42 now, or 43 now, and so I would still be acting and responding the same way. So running, doing flips over logs, and looking for the opportunity to, to get somebody. All of a sudden, off to the side, I see this person just out in the middle. And I'm thinking, look at that person. They are on the battlefield, and they are out in just the open. And so all of a sudden, I just lay into them <laughs> three or four times. And then I hear a sweet little, ew, ah, woo, ew. <laughs> and she did some flipping and rolling. <laughs> I immediately... Ran the other way. (laughs) Here's the thing I would say is this. Saints in here, we have been gifted with salvation and we have been entrusted with the gospel. We are called to be witnesses and disciple makers and we are on the battlefield for the Lord. Question is this, are you just sitting on the sideline? Have you neglected the reality of that fact? Do you want that that spectator position to where you have a camera and you are filming the show? God's not called us to that. If you still have breath in your lungs and you have been gifted with the responsibility of the stewardship and the grace of knowing him as Savior, we are called to be a part of his mission. Stay in the battle. Point number four is this, no soldier gets entangled with civil pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But the next point is this, stay on mission, stay focused on the mission. When we lose sight of the mission is when we begin to get wrapped up in civil pursuits and respond just like the rest of this world responds. You know when a believer has lost sight of their mission is when they start getting wrapped up in civil conversations in our community or on social media and lose sight of the ultimate mission of advancing the gospel and displaying the characteristic of Christ. In your life right now, are you on mission, focused on the mission of God, with your communication, with your dialogue, with your life? You think about the the reality of warfare, the reality that there is an enemy that is seeking to to hinder us and bring destruction on our life, but then also to blind the lost person so that their destination will be hell. And we are the tool, the resource God wants to use in order to communicate the gospel and also to help equip and develop the saints. Are you staying on the mission and are you focusing on the mission? Then he uses the analogy of the athlete. Now, I know you look at me and you think, oh, he can really talk about this one. But um, in verse 5, he says this. He says, the athlete, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rule. John MacArthur says this. There are three descriptions or or qualifying things that would qualify an athlete to be a participant of the Greek games. And it's this, their birth, they had to be Greek-born. Their training, they had to train for at least... 10 months, and their competition, there were specific rules for each category and they had to compete according to those rules. Well, here's the thing, all of us, again, I I love the fact that we are here on Sunday nights. Majority of you, if I asked, if you are a believer in Christ, almost probably every hand would go up in this room. So you have met those categories, you have been born of God, you have been equipped by the Holy Spirit, and you have a calling, a task question is this are you competing that the saddest thing for for any of us is to see um, a athlete that is at the pinnacle of their ability disqualified for some character issue that makes them sit on the sideline or a selfish issue that would say I am qualified to do it but I am not going to participate for some selfish reason and it's easy for us to look at that and say you have the gift you have the talent you have been given the position and we look at them in critical eyes and critical ways but the question is this is the person sitting in your seat the same way in the mission the mission of God that you have been given the birth in Christ you have been given the Holy Spirit and you have a specific task the writer of Hebrew says in verse 12 Our chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and just keep this in perspective, that what we have here, these are the saints that are alive, but man, can you picture the day of heaven to see the the thousands upon thousands, millions upon millions, billions of believers that are singing praise to God. And we are surrounded by New Testament and Old Testament. These faithful stewards Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Here's the thing. God has a special race marked out for you. And the question is this. Are you going to run it with faithfulness? When I was at Lee County, I was not the most fleet-footed person on the football team. Um, But in ninth grade, One of our coaches had us running out running the 40 and um, he had me competing against this guy that was a little bit faster than me and he would hit the timer and then he would let me go and then we would run and then I noticed when I got down to the other end of the field and turned around he was laughing and I thought that's probably not a good thing. And I came back to him and I said, uh, I said, what were you laughing about? He said, Garrett, he said, when you're running, you, you could be so much faster than you are. And I thought, yeah, I can. <laughs> and, uh, and he says, the problem is you, you run and you just, you're not going in a straight line. And he's like, you're just kind of running at like this. And so he said, I, I want you to look down at the other of the field and I want you to find a, a target. I want you to run straight for that target. And, uh, and I did it in my 40 time improved. And it's just as a reminder of this, when we lose sight of God, we lose sight of the target, we lose sight of the mission, and we're not advancing the kingdom the way God wants us to. Christ is our target. Keep your eyes on him. Here he moves on to the farmer and look what he says in verse six, it says, it is hard work the farmer, or it is the hard working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crop. And he tells us in verse 7, think over what I've said, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. That point is this, stay faithful to the daily task. Stay faithful to the daily task. I I pinned this out um, the other day um, beside this point. Through the mundane, anticipate the harvest. Through the mundane, anticipate the harvest. What that means is this. When you are watering, when you are pulling weeds, when you are tilling the soil, when you are scattering the seed, be faithful and anticipate the harvest. I don't know if any of you follow Joe Mama on social media, but Joe Mama—that um, is Joe Cochran—that's what we call her, Joe Mama. Uh, for those of you that don't know, she has been posting all of these harvest pictures of of them bringing in the harvest and then her making like. Uh, grape jelly and all these things and you look at these pictures and you could almost taste what she is cooking here's the thing any faithful steward doesn't look at the moment but looks at the end reward the question is this are you doing that as a farmer as a steward of the gospel Hudson Taylor said this he says as a five-year-old Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China he served there for 51 years He says, as a five-year-old, I would say, when I'm a man, I mean to be a missionary that goes to China. And he says, as a young man, I would say, I feel I can do nothing but live unless something happens in China. And then later, in his later years, he says, as a veteran missionary, if I had a thousand lives, I'd give them all for China. Is there anything in your life right now that you would say you are in passionate pursuit in that way of for the purpose of advancing the kingdom the problem is this guys you showed up on a sunday night church Um, we are here in america it is easy to live a very americanized christian version of christianity to where we are Coming and attending, we are giving maybe of our tithes and offerings, but we're not a part of the mission of God. We we are, again, giving. We are sitting and occupying space. But the question is this, who is hearing the gospel from your, your mouth and observing the gospel through your actions and activities, and who is being discipled through your life? Here again, Hudson Taylor is saying, If I had a thousand lifetimes, send me to China. You know, the biggest hindrance to this type of attitude is selfishness. The desire for comfort. The desire to live life based on what this world is communicating life should be about. Instead of looking at scripture and thinking towards eternity. The faithful steward is this, and they are rewarded. Um, That point is this. Like a soldier, we are rewarded with the pleasure of our commander. I love that thought as he says there in 2 Timothy 2.4. It says, no soldier gets entangled by the civil pursuit since his aim. That means single-minded focus is to please the one that enlisted him. The greatest thing that any of us can hear is, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, for any of us that have competed or have a boss, the, the The joy of hearing good job is a treasure. In your mind and in your heart here as a soldier is his mind, his pursuit is to do the will of his commander. In Ephesians 5, 8 it says, for you were once darkness but now you're light, live as children of light. The fruit of light is consistent with all goodness, righteousness and truth. In verse 10 it says, find out what it is to please the Lord. We understand what it is to please the Lord. To love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. So in your life right now, are you doing that? Are you living for the purpose of pleasing your commander? The next point is this. Like an athlete, we are rewarded with a crown. In 2 Timothy 4, 8, um, Paul speaks on this, and he explains what this looks like. He says, now there is stored up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord rewards, the rewarding judge. The righteous judge will reward on the day. It says, not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Are you living, working, and pursuing things for the purpose of receiving that type of reward from the Lord? Max Wakata says, God never says that the journey would be easy, but he did say that the arrival would be worthwhile. You think about when you get before the Lord, all of the things that you have done for his glory will be rewarded. On that day, what are you going to show him? I I remember the other, about a year ago, two years ago, we went and we went and picked strawberries. Any of you have ever done that with your kids? Um, I'm sure for us guys in here, it's one of those things that if we, didn't have a kid that was asking us or a pretty lady at the time asking us go, to go do it, it wouldn't be on the top of our bucket list. Um, but many of us uh, understand the, the spirit of competition. And so I am that way. If I'm going to go do something that maybe I didn't uh, initially think was rewarding, but then there was an element of competition in it, then you're like, okay, I'm going to turn this into something that's fun for me. And so we showed up to this, this field that had all the strawberries in it and you had these little kids that were running through the field and smashing strawberries and picking the ones that had worms in them and all of those things. And I grabbed my bucket and I realized, you know what? I want to pick the very best strawberries that are out here in this field. And I filled that bucket to capacity. And I showed up to my wife and said, here's my bucket, aren't you proud of me? And she looked at me and she said, yes, I am. No. <laughs> Here's the thing. At the end of your life, you're going to stand before the righteous holy judge. And he is going to reward you for your acts of service. Are you going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Look what he continues to say. And the next point is this. Like the farmer, we will be rewarded with the satisfaction a fruitful labor the harvest is coming i just pinned that out to the side but look what he says in revelation 22 verse 12 he says behold i'm coming quick and my reward is with me I, to render to every man according to what he has done verse 13 i am the alpha and the omega the first and the last the beginning and the end the farmer is rewarded with satisfaction of fruitful labor. All of us in this room, you you want to stand at the end of your life and be satisfied with how you live that life. Um, You know, you think about Francis Chan. He says, my greatest fear is not um, the uh, the fear of failure, but succeeding in something that really doesn't matter. You think about if you stood at the end of your life and you realized that God had given you this brief existence on this earth, to advance the gospel and to glorify his name, and you did very little to accomplish any of that, any of that, and you are looking at the past 85 years of your life, and you realize that you accomplished very little for the kingdom. Or you can be Hudson Taylor looking at 50 years of 51 years of faithful service to advancing the gospel and establishing churches within China, and you say, if I had a thousand years, I would replicate that. Because he understood what the reward was satisfaction in the labor that he had given his time and energy to. So, in closing, look what he says here in verse 8. He says, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, offspring of David, also preached my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains, also as a criminal. But I underline this, but the the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So here are two questions. The first one is this, God's mission is advancing. Are you willing to give your life to be a part of it? God's mission is advancing. Are you willing to give your life to be a part of it? Here again, Paul is saying, man, I'm bound in chains, but God's word is not chained. His, His mission is not in prison to our circumstances. He's saying, I am willing to give my life. I'm willing to be in prison for the sake of the elect so that some may receive salvation. Look what he continues to say in verse 11. He says, the saying is trustworthy. And it says, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. And if we deny him, he also will deny us. Verse 13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. The last question is this, God is faithful will you be? God is faithful, will you be? I want to pray for us tonight and as the worship team comes, it's just gonna be a time of introspection and one of reflection of your life but the question is this are you being faithful to God's mission and call on your life? Have you allowed the situations and circumstances much like um, Timothy to maybe position you in fear, and currently in your life you're not doing anything or very little to advance the gospel and to invest in other people's lives. Maybe you, like me, in the moment of crisis, you're holding on to the will and you're just, ah, you know, and just you have hit the pause button. Or the most dangerous is this. Well, to you, that you're a believer in Christ, You've been entrusted to be on the battlefield, but you're just sitting on the sidelines, wanting a position of observation versus one of advancement. And What God would be whispering to you prayerfully through the Holy Spirit is this, that is not available to anyone on this field. But if you've been entrusted with the gospel, you are part of the labor workforce. And it is my grace that made that available to you. Be faithful in your stewardship. Live a life of faithfulness. I want to pray for us now, but one one last thing is this. Guys, I love having the opportunity to share with you and be on mission with you. This is what is going to change and influence this world for every believer in this room taking seriously the call and mission of Christ. To worship him well and not be a side portion of your life. Because God is not that thing. If any man comes, he must deny himself. He must take up his cross. And he must follow me. Let us pray. Father, tonight I pray that as we are in this season of transition... God, that we would understand the mission of God has not stopped, it has not paused. Lord, all around this world, you are advancing your kingdom. And your grace has made salvation available to the saints in this room and the person standing in my shoes. God, you have called us to be on mission, to be a faithful soldier, a faithful farmer, a faithful athlete. God, I pray that we would never and our heart and mind say that that's someone else's job, or I'm too advanced in years to be a part of your kingdom, or I am too young, or I'm going to give myself to some other purpose right now. But God, we would look at our days and look at our influence and trust you each moment. Say, God, thank you for giving me salvation. So Father, in this room tonight, if there's any that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would draw their hearts to you. And God, for every believer in this room, that we will begin to look at our life, look at our race that you have marked out for us and ask ourselves this question. God, you are faithful, am I being faithful? God, you are faithful. Am I being faithful with this life? Father, I love you. God, as we sing this song and as we enter into this week, may we encounter it with a new perspective because of who you are. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.